Could preventing a young person from committing or even considering suicide be as simple as looking them in the eye, listening to them, giving them a hug, and sharing a pizza? As the youth suicide crisis has suddenly befallen Rapid City and its school district, you'll hear from a youth counselor and pastor who's on the front lines of the fight against suicide and who truly believes that simple acts of kindness can be the key to keeping kids safe. I'm Journal Editor Bart Fancook, and I'll be your host on this latest episode of Journal Storytellers and Newsmakers, which is now available on iTunes. Welcome to the Journal Storytellers and Newsmakers. I'm here today to uh, talk about a very difficult but very important topic uh, that's come to light here in Rapid City recently. I'm here with uh, Corey Hariff from uh, Rapid City Young Life and also Chris Parrish, who's an area director with the group. So maybe you um, uh, can tell me, uh, just briefly take a moment and tell me about Young Life and what it is that you guys do. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us here uh, today. So um, in Young Life, we're a, a nonprofit uh, Christian outreach organization that reaches out to um, high school age kids in the Rapid City area. Young Life's an international organization and we're just one area out of that. But uh, we really reach out to kids um, who are might be at risk um, or just are in need of um, a, a safe adult, a loving adult who would come alongside them and walk with them through uh, these hard years of adolescence um, that they have a lot of questions, they have, they are directionless often and they need some direction and we uh, come alongside them with a lot of our volunteer leaders who um, build relationships with them and earn the right to be heard and build trust with them and we do that through um, by just going to them, going to where they're at, really just simple. Um, we go to their games, we go to their concerts, we go to their schools, um, we just hang, hang out where they're at and we uh, build friendships with them. And through that, we're able to earn that right to, to, for them to trust us. And I think that kids today need um, safe adults that they can trust. And often kids, they won't go seek that out. So we got to seek them out. And so that's what Young Life does is we seek them out. We earn the right to be heard. And, and we also um, do have, a, we're faith-based. And we, uh, when we have earned that right to be heard, um, we tell them about a God who loves them and that they do have a God that loves them and that's crazy about them. And we show that to them through our life and our love for them. That's terrific, so. terrific. And I, I, so, um, I, well, I wanted to get to, to our topic of the day, and I know one of the things that you guys uh, um, work on is trying to uh, is suicide prevention. It's been a rough go here of late that we know of, and I know that it's a long-term problem. But um, three suicides in the Rapid City School District, and uh, we know of the long-festering youth suicide pro problem on uh, area Indian reservations. I mean, can you characterize what's happening and put it in some context to, uh, about um, what's happened here recently? Well, I think what's happening is what's always been happening, and that's kids are hurting. And kids, there's a, there's a diverse number of reasons why kids are hurting. Well, we, could, we could spend hours talking about that. And so I think what happens is when you've got kids who feel this sense of abandonment, and, and if you think about it, uh, it's, a, it's a term that I came across from a guy named Chuck Clark, who's a... Uh, an adolescent specialist, he said that what society, what kids suffer from today is what's called systemic abandonment, which means that every system within our society, whether it's conscious or unconscious, has, has abandoned kids. And the result of that abandonment is kids are hurt. And kids are, are, are they're, they're starving for attention. They're starving for relationship. They're starving for connection. 
You know, we live in a digital age when <clears throat> we're more connected than we've ever been connected, but we're not connected. And so uh, one of the common patterns that you see with a lot of, not every kid, not every suicide, but a common pattern you see is loneliness. Uh, they're not connected to a community. There's not somebody safe that they feel like they can talk to, whether that's a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa, a youth pastor. A, that They need somebody that will come alongside of them, listen, and cry with them. And what happens a lot of times is we as adults, we want to fix kids. We want to come in and find out what's going on. And really what kids need the most is they need connection, they need a relationship, they need just to sit with them, cry with them, be present with them. And that's really hard. That's really inconvenient. Because usually that's late at night. Usually that doesn't fit into our schedules. And so, um, you know, in Young Life, we're going to where those kids are. And we're listening. We're being present. And, um, and it's messy and it's hard. Shouldn't that be happening in the home? That's a question I would have to have is uh, how, why, why isn't that happening? Is it just simply life gets a hold of you and makes you too busy to, to spend that time? Because I would think that yeah. it, it's great you're there, but the fact that you're needed is puzzling to me. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I don't know if you remember the movie Shawshank Redemption, mm -hmm. but uh, Brooks Haddon, who was an old man who got out of prison, at the, he wrote back to the fellas, the guys, and he said, the world went and got itself in a big hurry. And I think that's so true. That was in the 50s. And our world has gone and got itself in a big hurry. We don't, you don't hear very often of family dinners anymore. You don't experience parents really being fully present. Now, you've got a lot of parents that show up at their kids' uh, events. I'll give you an example. I had a kid one time that told me <coughs> that uh, he was upset with his dad because he felt like his dad wasn't a part of his life. And I said, dude, I see, your, I see you and your, your dad all the time at your games. And he goes, next time you go to one of my games, watch. Watch my dad. And the next game I went to, I watched his dad. His dad was there, but his dad wasn't there. He was on his phone. He was connected with his parents. And so he felt like, gosh, does anybody really notice me? Does anybody see me? And so I think there's a lot of reasons, but I think social media has played a part in that, being so connected. I think that every human being seems to have an addiction of some kind. Whether we're addicted to, to alcohol, or we're addicted to working too much, or we're addicted to worrying, or we're addicted to sports, um, and I think kids pick up on that and they notice that. And at the end of the day, one of the big pressures that kids face is the expectations that they constantly feel. They have expectations from parents, from their coaches, from teachers, from their faith. <clears throat> they have expectations from friends. And what happens is kids have forgotten how to be kids. They've forgotten how to just play. They've forgotten how to just have a little bit of fun. It's so serious and it's so intense. And, and so how can we provide opportunities for kids and families to connect and to have fun and to not always be on? Um, so I think expectations are, are a huge weight that kids are carrying. They never feel like they're good enough. What about, uh, we hear a lot about bullying and cyberbullying, and that, I, I mean, I've seen and I've felt it as a journalist, uh, um, that people can immediately reach out to me and frequently in a negative way. Yeah. Uh, is that a big part of what's going on, or is that oversimplifying the, the overall situation? Um, I, you know, I, I think that, um, I think that it is, an issue that needs to be dealt with and I think that it is it's not just oversimplified it is part of the problem it is what kids are doing kind of um, backdoor to to get at other kids and I think that bullying is one of the symptoms that was uh, brought up to kind of look out for and that can uh, kind of lead to it's not the only one but with other things can lead to kids contemplating taking their life and um, and cyberbullying is, is a new way of doing that and so we need to be uh, conscious of that yes um, but as a friend of ours has said and, and one of the, the 
people on the panel has said what said the other night was that um, we also need to help kids understand um, that uh, to, to kind of have strength and not let words and teach them kind of come alongside them and help them teach them that they don't have to let words hurt them so much they don't have to let words have as much power as we've allowed them to have in our culture and not only that but I think um, a, a battle against cyberbullying and that kind of stuff is coming alongside kids and instilling words into them of value and telling them that they are valued they are important and putting positive words into the, into their lives and into their hearts and uh, lifting them up and I think that that can um, defeat any words that they get through cyberbullying if a, a positive if a loving caring adult comes into life and says you're loved you're valued I like you um, man that can be just powerful against and, us. and what you're saying Chris, what Chris is saying is kids want to be fought for shoot all of us want to be fought for I mean kids are asking who's going to fight for me they need to be told, no, what that guy said, what that kid said to you is not true. That's not who you are. Let me tell you who you are. And so we're looking for people. What kids need are adults that will come alongside and say, you know what? I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to get in the gutter with you. I'm going to do whatever it takes to let you know you are worth some incredible stuff. And I'm going to show it to you. I'm gonna, and if that means, you know, I have to buy you pizza every single day for the next four years that you're in high school or meet with you uh, at midnight at night. We've got to go to great lengths because so many kids are beat down for whatever reason because their families are broken. Think about divorce. When you feel abandoned and your mom and dad is fighting in the room next to you or your dad doesn't even live with you <clears throat> and you hardly ever get to see him and maybe you're, you can't afford a good meal and then you got to go to school and you got to focus on your grades. Are you going to focus on grades when you're hungry and your mom and dad just had a fight or when somebody's made fun of you? Heck no. But they're not always from those situations, yeah, right? Yeah. And it, I mean, those pressures really exist in, in almost every family. In every way. family has, has pressure. What else should a parent or, or someone who works with young people look out for? Other, you know, Yes, if you're being bullied and they express that, that's a reason to get to engage. But um, I, I guess we're closer to the crisis point now. What can yeah. you look for as an adult to say, hey, I need to step up my and be more present? Yeah. I would say isolation from that student. A uh, kid that's lonely, doesn't have a lot of friends, is not connected to other people. Uh, they're constantly playing video games. Not saying every kid that plays video games feels that way, but, but isolation. Anger, withdrawal, all of those things are, are big signs. There, there are many signs to look for, but those are some big factors, that I think, that you, that you look into. <clears throat> because what happens is, I mean, if, if I'm a lion and I want to try and take out a zebra, I'm going to look for the one that's in, in the middle of the group. No, I'm going to go for the one that's isolated. And that's exactly what's happening, you know, uh, um, in our lives. Uh, of course, we come from a spiritual perspective, so we, like there's a spiritual enemy, yeah. Satan, and he's going to try and take out that kid that's isolated. If I'm by myself, I can think some pretty stupid things. But if we're hanging out together and I tell you, man, I'm feeling really down, I feel like my life's not worth living, well, then you can challenge me and go, wait a minute, let me tell you why your life is worth living. You're my friend, and I think the world of you. Um, and, and so we just need truth. We need people to speak truth into our lives. And again, that's where being connected and relationships are so important. You know, the term that I use is um, kids today suffer from what I call a lack of social capital. We all know what capital is. I'm going to start a business. I need capital. I need cash. Kids lack social capital. They lack relational connection. And if you picture with me, I don't know if you remember the famous tightrope rope walkers, the Walinda brothers. Uh, adolescence is like being on a tightrope. Well, guess what happens? Those kids are going to fall. 
They need some trampolines. That's the relational capital. That's the social capital. Adults, a variety of adults that will help catch them when they're going to fall. Because they're going to fall. They're going to struggle. And um, so I, I think that's critical. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Yeah. And so uh, obviously you're here and talking about this. Uh, one of the questions that comes up with suicide <coughs> is, are we better off uh, talking about it sort of privately or bringing issues like this out into the public? And is there a chance that there could be a reverse impact of, of the goal of preventing uh, suicide or suicide attempts? You know, I would say that um, I'd err on the side of talking about it um, because, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because I was just having lunch with a, a kid yesterday who is very acquainted with suicidal tendencies and thoughts. In fact, uh, this kid has um, attempted suicide 12 times in his life. Oh my. And I'm sitting here having lunch with him and just asking his thoughts. One, I wanted to follow up with him after his recent suicides to see how he's doing with his own thoughts. But um, I said, you know, what can we do to help? And he said, man, if we, if we could just get together and just talk about it, like a bunch of kids, you know, after school or something like that, and just talk. And, and he said, especially if you let it, Chris, because they know you and uh, everyone knows you. And it, it, well, that speaks to the fact that, you know, you have to have a relationship with these kids um, to, to get them to open up and talk. But the fact is he wanted to talk about it. He wants to talk about it. And he thinks other kids want to talk about it. They just need to be pursued and asked, hey, invited into the conversation to talk about it. So, yeah, I'd say talk about and, it. And to add to that, not only invited into the conversation, but I think what Chris trust hit on is how important that trust is. It's got to be trusted adults. After the first suicide that happened about a month ago, a month and a half ago, we got sent a text out to 10 kids that said, we're going to meet down at our building. We're going to have pizza. Uh, whoever wants to come, let your friends know. Over 100 kids showed up. These kids poured their hearts out in a, in a big way. But why did they do that? Because there was a relationship. There was trust that they had in their young life leaders. And, and so I think that that's so important. So if, if, you don't, if you don't earn the right for that kid to trust you, they're not going to share it with you. Just same thing with me. I mean, if I don't, if I haven't earned the right. that's true even if it's your mother or father. Yeah, right? that's anybody. You know, and, and think about it. And I'm not, this is not pick on parents. There's a lot of good parents out there. But you take a little five or six-year-old kid, and they accidentally knock over the milk at breakfast. And dad goes, oh, what? I can't believe you did that. What are you doing? Creates a culture of fear. Now fast forward, they're 10 or 11 years old. And they miss the ball in the, in the baseball game. They, they, they don't catch it. And they hear dad, oh my gosh, fear. Do you think when that kid is 15, 16 years old and they're drunk and they made a dumb choice, are they going to call their dad? Probably not. It breaks our hearts that we've got kids calling us in the middle of the night saying, hey, Corey, Chris, and other leaders, we screwed up. Can you come get us? If I have, I don't, I'm not married, don't have kids yet, but if I have kids one day, I'd go to the moon and back to take care. I want my kids to be able to call me. And so that relational, that trust, and, and so here, here, I want to give some free advice to parents. And I know this isn't one of the questions. But oh, it is one of the questions. <coughs> advice is where, yes. where we're going next. If every parent out there listening would just do one thing, if you would take for each of your children, one-on-one, one hour a week, take them to Armadillo's Ice Cream every Thursday. Go play video games Monday after work. Go on a drive on Sundays. One parent for each one of their children, one hour a week. And here's the rules. You can't nag at them. You can't tell them to make their bed. You can't get on to them for what they're not doing. All you can do is just hang out, love on them, and talk about your life. Kids want to know mom and dad and ask them about what, how, how their day's been and their week. And you consistently do that month after month, week after week, year after year. The research has shown the relational piece and the connection will grow. 
I, I told a parent one time to do that, and he did. <clears throat> and it took about six months before his kid finally started talking. He would play video games with him every Wednesday. And finally, after about six months of doing this, his son began to open up. And their relationship, this kid is now a working professional, but their relationship flourished. But it's just kids, kids are dying. They're starving for connection and relationship. And we've got to give it to them. And, um, and I know it's not just kids. It's their parents. It's, it's our culture. Shoot, the four of us sitting in this room, we're, we're, we're starving for that. Yeah. I want to be known. And I, and I would just add to that really quick. Of, you know, you asked the question earlier about parents, you know, what, can, what signs can they look for? What can we do with adults? And for parents, I would say don't wait to look for the signs. Just step up and just start spending time with your kids and be present. And because, yeah, when you see those signs of them isolating, yeah, you want to be present. You want to step up the game and be present. Just step up the game right now. Be present. I have to speak this into my own life. I have three kids at home, and I need to, to do that the same thing. I have the same challenge. Don't wait. Just step up. It seems so simple. It seems like you're saying some eye contact, some actual listening, an occasional hug, maybe a pizza, yeah. and the precious pres present of yeah. being present. Uh, is that, uh, does it boil it's down to that something that simple? simple? A simple, I love you. We're afraid to say I love you. I'm proud of you. You did awesome. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's the simple stuff. You know, in our community, everybody's talking right now about what can we do to prevent suicide. We're having these meetings, and they're good. Please don't misunderstand me. They're good to have that. But we have a solution. We've always had a solution. We've had a solution for thousands of years. Here's the thing. We get hurt by relationships, but we also get healed by relationships. Think about that. Relationships, every one of us get wounded by somebody. We've all been hurt. We've all been wounded by what somebody said or didn't say or what they did or didn't do to us. But relationships also are the answer to bring healing. And so if every single person listening on this podcast would find one person that they would begin to invest in and spend time with and connect with and be authentic with, we're, we're authentic with kids. We're, we're real with kids. We don't know our struggles, too, appropriately. But we come alongside of them, and we earned our right to be here. That's why we have a 1,000 kids involved in our program right now. And I hate to use the word program because it's, it's more we have a 1,000 kids involved that are connected relationally with, with a caring adult that's, that's, that's trusted and has integrity that will come alongside kids. So, so we have an answer, but the question is, are we just going to do it? And most people say they want to do it, but when, it, when the rubber meets the road, we get too busy, we make an excuse, and we'll forget, and we'll move on down the road until the next suicide happens, and then we'll get all excited about it. I hope that doesn't happen this time. I hope the conversation will start, but I hope it's more than a conversation. I hope people will get off their butts. Can I say that as a Christian pastor? <laughs> that they'll get off their butts. I like to use another word for a fact. Well, I think we don't And go. <laughs> that's right. And go to where kids are at and go to where people are at. It makes all the difference in the world. As soon as we're done here, I'm meeting nine kids at Taco John's. Well, that's terrific. Um, you know, those relationships are critical. I sure appreciate you guys coming in, and I think your words have uh, really deep meaning and power, and um, I hope that people will take that time because it sounds like that's really a big key. I want to just re list real quickly uh, how people can get a hold of you. Um, the website is rapidcity.younglife.org. Is that right? Okay. And the phone number over there is 605-721-1238. Uh, I would encourage uh, parents and adults with, um, uh, of any uh, relationship to, to hopefully uh, to reach out to you guys, but to try and do it on your own. It sounds like that you can, you can make a big difference. Um, 
fairly, <coughs> in a fairly simple way. So thank you so much for being here, and, and let's hope that we keep the conversation going, but that we don't have to talk about more suicides uh, as the act being carried out. So thank so you much. for reaching out and for caring yes, you. about a, a tough topic. We're, we're really grateful to be a part of coming alongside the journal. I'm grateful for you, Bart. Okay, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you.